Welcome to the Off the Beaten Career Path podcast. I'm your host, Katie Myers. Here you will find the inspiration, strategies, and tactics needed to reach the next level and beyond in your small business and career. Thanks for joining us and get ready to put these ideas to work for you. Hello and welcome to the Off the Beaten Career Path podcast. I'm your host, Katie Myers, and I am joined by a very special guest today. Kelsey Posh is a passionate and dedicated professional who fearlessly left the corporate world to embrace a new opportunities to support and empower small business owners and leaders through coaching and mentoring. With a wealth of experience and a deep understanding of the challenges faced by leaders, Kelsey is a trusted advisor for individuals seeking to unlock their full potential and achieve business success. She has some really exciting things coming up. She will be featured in the She Exists magazine in October of 2023. She's co-authoring a book that's being released in October called Authors of Everyday Women Living Their Best Life. She's also co-authoring another book being released in January of 2024 called The Coach's Guide to Living Mindfully and Intentionally. Kelsey started her business in August of 2023 and has already grown to over a six-figure company in just a year. She has clients from coast to coast and is very passionate about what she does. So welcome, Kelsey. Thank you. And I actually started a company in 2022. Beforehand, we were joking about how I like messed up my number and I was like, but yeah, so it's been just over a year now that I have started. Yeah, so. thank you for clarifying that. So tell me, Kelsey, I you have one of the most interesting career paths of anyone I've gotten to know. Can you tell us where you got started and how that led you to where you are today? Yeah. So after graduating college, I actually started working for a big box retailer and I actually went through their management system and I de- continue to grow and develop in there. And then I um, ended up being one of their store team leaders. And I was up in the Fox Valley area of Wisconsin and got to have the opportunity to be up there. And I loved that job. It was so fun. The company was really intentional about talent development. And so it was fun for me. When I started my career, I was so young and green into how to actually manage talent. And that company really did a great job of helping teach me some really valuable lessons about leadership and developing talent and engaging people and things like that. I ended up leaving that job because I was pregnant with my second son and we were having a lot of complications in that pregnancy and I needed to to focus on my health and just help make sure that he got healthy and all that fun stuff. Um, And then after he was about six months old, I had a friend who reached out to me and was like, So you've done the big box store side of stuff. What about going to the online big like retail giant that there is and working with me on that? And it was really intriguing because it was in the Madison area. And so it would allow me to be able to get closer to our family. So my husband and I packed up and I went there and the company is huge on operations. And, you know, so it was fun having the talent side and then going here and I got to have the opportunity to learn how to all the metrics and all that type of stuff to run operations. And so I ended up being ops manager for them. And I did that until our third child was born. And after she was born, I just, I was really struggling with trying to figure out how to fulfill this like personal goal of being this working woman in the profession that I was and enjoying it. But also at the same time, like being a mom, which I love to be. 
And so I found a local company where I lived in Janesville, Wisconsin. I gave up the 45 minute commute for like a six minute commute and got to really help dive into the company. And it was a family owned company. It was smaller. It was really fun going into it because I got to really apply all the corporate learnings that I had had and apply that into a small family business. And as I started to do that, I started to network more and more in my community. And I started to realize that from a business owner perspective, those same learnings were really needed. And I was like, if I could help more people by going into this avenue of being a consultant, like how awesome would that be? And so I talked to my husband about it. My sister was a big advocate for me as well. And I went and I took the, the leap and I started my consulting firm. That was a year ago and it's it's been a lot of fun ever since. Absolutely. Well, that's a really interesting career path. So who are the customers that you work with right now in your consulting firm? Yeah, so what I did is I really started to see like within the clients that I was working with, the way that people plan and strategize kind of fell into two main buckets, right? Like you have this group of people who are so creative and they can see like this vision, this horizon right on the outside of what they want to accomplish. They're like the true entrepreneurs, right? Because they're like, oh, I can do this. And now let me go do this. And they have all these great visions for what they want to get done but they can't figure out how to move there within a reasonable time, right? A lot of times there's self-imposed limitations that they put in that prevent them from going after those goals because they're so big, they're so lofty. And it's just, how do I really actually ever accomplish those? Right. And then I have a second group of people who are so in the weeds of their everyday business, right? Like they're working really hard. They got their head down. They're like muscling through. And all of a sudden they look up as an entrepreneur or a business owner one day and are like, I'm working 80 plus hours a week. I can't keep doing this anymore, right? And so what I do is I work with my clients to take those two visions and pull them together because both of them are very important aspects of strategic planning. And so what I did is I have developed um, a method that I use and I have essentially three different parts that I do. And I really try to figure out where my client is at. And so when you think about planning and routines, a lot of reasons that people fall off of being able to do their planning is because they are so focused on everything else going on. They just don't have time for it. Right. So it's a behavior or routine that they already have in place. And so what I do is I help them kind of identify like what's the closest starting point. And then do we look at it weekly? Do we look at it quarterly? Do we start going in the year perspective and then wherever it best fits them. And then we start to put that plan together and I help coach them through how to stay this and how to create these new routines and these processes in their daily lives to be able to execute these effectively. Wow, that's so interesting. I know from my experience as a small business owner, you hit the nail on the head. I have a great big, huge vision, but some days the phone just rings too much to think about that vision. It's a really difficult balance. And being a small business owner that, you know, we don't have 50 people in six departments that can handle it. Yeah. It's interesting how many people, you know, like, I, I know you and I know how you think, you know, because we've had some great conversations off this podcast here, but there is, it's amazing how many people that I work with, they don't even ever think about current state. So when I go through a plan with them, my first phase that I do, no matter what level of planning we're doing, is like, let's just talk current state. Tell me the good, bad, indifferent, like what is happening in your world? Where is your time being pulled? 
And it's kind of like, imagine like a box full of puzzle pieces, right? Like we're just taking the puzzle pieces and we're dumping them on the table. We're just laying them all out or you're turning them flip side up so you can see like what's happening. And we just start to write everything down. And there's some great things that people will talk about, right? They'll say, this is like, I'm really proud of this. We're doing amazing. We're excelling in this area. And as we start to go through those, there's a right-hand side column that we go through. It's what does this look like in future state? So maybe the good things are leveling it up. You're like, I've done awesome. Like, let's kick it up a notch. Or maybe it's, this is so good. Like, I just want to keep this. And so that's our goal. And then there's these pieces that are like, you know, they're not so great. They're not so bad, but we got to figure out how to make them a good part of our, our business. Right. And then there's these big, ugly rocks that we've opened up. We've turned over and maybe we've known they were there. Maybe we didn't know they were there. And we say, like, what does this look like in a future state? So everything we identify as a future state. And we don't put a time constraint on it because something could be an immediate thing. Something could be a future thing. But we identify what that looks like from a future state. And then what we start today is like, okay, now we have all this ideal future state. What are the themes? What are the big buckets? So you'll, a lot of times I'll see like team becomes a bucket, right? Maybe my customer, my sales, networking, maybe I'm doing vendor stuff, like all of these different pieces. Maybe I'm doing work, maybe I report to a board, right? So you have all these different buckets. And then we start to look at that list of these priorities and we start to say, is this one that fits into a view for me this year, this quarter, kind of depending on what we're looking at. And if so, we move it into one of those themes, right? We'll have our header. We just put these things underneath there and we'll go through the list. And the thing I think to your point, Katie, gets hard is that there's so much as a small business owner or just a leader in general that you can't do everything. So you're at this point in time, unintentionally, you're, you're prioritizing this list, right? And what we're trying to get is this clear little bucket of like, okay, out of all the things that are really important right now, these are those main things that I really, really want to focus on, right? And then what we start to do is we start to take those and we start to break it down. So let's just say, for example, we're looking at a quarterly plan and maybe like staffing is an issue for you, right? So we will lay out, like, we got to do interviews. We got to like, validate people we got to get them on board we got to have an onboarding plan and we just will put like four or five main buckets underneath that but to your point the part that gets really fun is when you put a time constraint on it right so if i'm going to do interviews over this next quarter how does that fit into my workflow right and so then they start to put that in there and that helps guide people that you don't have to be on every single item every single day of the week it's just being strategic throughout my quarter, where and what parts of my bucket am I going to focus on? And that allows people to be more successful in getting to those goals they're working towards. It's very, very interesting. It's so hard as a small business owner to just be able to organize your thoughts and organize your day when there is so much to do. You know, me being three and a half years into owning my business, I... I'm further than I thought I would be, but there's so much more I haven't done. And it's like, how do you prioritize that and, and figure it out? Yeah. And you know, like stuff comes flying at you left and right. You will think of a really cool idea, or maybe if you have a business partner or a team, or again, if a board member, if you have a board, like all of these ideas will come in. And a lot of times people want to say yes, right? Because it everything comes from a place like that they really want to be successful. They want to do all these great things. So they say yes. And all of a sudden we've said yes so many times that the weight of our workload is beyond what we can 
truly execute within a given amount of time. So things start to fail or we don't execute things the way that we should. And so when we work through this plan, my last phase is really that sustainability piece. And it's saying that like when things get thrown at us, our great ideas come, you have to ask yourself, does this support my goals that I have for this quarter or is it a deterrent? And if it's a deterrent, that's okay. It doesn't mean you can't ever do anything about it. We just label it in this bucket and we just have this growing little bucket of ideas and things that we want to look at in the future. If it's something that supports it, then it just naturally will be part of your plan already. And then once you get through your quarter, we look back at that bucket in the bottom and we say like, here's all these thoughts that we've had throughout this past quarter, right? Because a nice little like housing tool for you, right? And you say out of these, where do I want to start to pull into my next level up? And some of them might just stay there for a little bit because they're just not as high of a priority or they might get pulled up now into your next quarter plan. So it's a great way that kind of self um, feeds itself as well as you kind of start to like, have one spot where you're organizing your thoughts, organizing your plans, seeing where you're at. And then the really cool part is that when you get through your quarter, you can look back and see, like this is what I all accomplished in one quarter. I was running with my head cut off all year long, but I freaking did this and I'm super proud of that. And you can give yourself a little pat on the back, which we never do enough of. Is there a specific industries that your coaching is best for, or do you work with the full gamut of, of different kinds of companies? Yeah, I actually work all the way across the board. So I have people who are with coffee shops. I have people who build decks. I have other consultants who are just growing their own consultant business and their own avenue. I have hairstylists. I have um, boards that have brought me on to help with their directors or their CEO. So yeah, it, it all it applies really to is a leadership style, right? So through this plan, what happens is you create a common language. So if you take this tool and you implement it with your team, right, and they have their plans and you have your plans, you have a common language of how you're communicating your vision, your thoughts and all that stuff. And it's a great tool for somebody too, who's like, maybe I got a team and I really know how to manage them very well because I've never had formal training on that. It's an awesome tool of how to help develop your talent within your team because what you're doing is you're allowing your team to understand your vision and now they're creating their plan for their work and they're presenting it to you to say, hey, Katie, this is my thought of what I would love to accomplish this quarter. This is how I'm going to do it. And your job as a leader is to say like, yes, that aligns exactly with where we want to go, like go after it and go do it. Or maybe you adjust it a little bit and maybe want to stretch them a little bit or whatnot. But then as you go every week, you could have your weekly meetings or every other week. And what they should do is bring that plan with them, right? And they're saying, out of my five goals, here's where I'm on track. This is where I'm falling behind. And if they're falling behind as a leader, we don't have to provide solutions, which is what tri actually trips people up a lot. So people have to think, if I'm a leader, I have to have all the answers. But all they have to do is to be able to say, what are the tools? What can I do to support you? and listen to their team and let the team talk about how they want to solve the problems, right? And as you go through that process, you have really good conversation about that. But essentially what you're doing is you're teaching your team how to think critically through these processes and or when to ask for help, right? Because it's not okay for someone to say, well, I, didn't, I created this plan and I didn't do anything with it. And it's your fault because it's my plan. You know, like it doesn't happen that way. <laughs> 
But then the cool part is, is that after a year, you have four really cool documents that you can reference back for when it comes to review time. And you can say, look at all these great things you accomplished. Here's all the things that we missed on. Like, it's a really great way as if you're learning how to develop talent or manage talent below you of having a great access tool for you as well. I absolutely love that. I want to talk a little bit about your transition from working for another company to working for yourself. I met you right at the tail end of your career with the last company you were with. And one of the things you said to me the first time we met for coffee, I don't know if you remember this, but you said, I just thought it was time to bet on myself. And I loved that. So tell me about what that transition was like and, and what you learned from it. Oh, yes. I do remember that conversation. It was a good conversation. <laughs> it's so true. I'm a very hardworking person. Like I have a very strong work ethic. Like when I was in college, I was working multiple jobs. I was paying my way through college and stuff. I, I grew up on a hobby farm. So my parents both had jobs. We did have like pets. We got 90 acres. I know how to drive a combine, but I was very much like you have to have a job. This is what's expected of you. And it, I would go into these really great opportunities in the corporate world. And I, I was doing a lot of great things. I was learning a lot of things, but when I, at the end of the day, and I'd ask myself, like, what is my ultimate goal? Like, what do I really want to get out of this job? It was always pointed to somebody else's vision, right? Like if it's Jeff Bezos, if it's whoever, like whatever CEO, president, owner of a company, you're working toward their vision. And I felt myself trying to figure out in my life, how would I always dedicate my work and my passion to somebody else's work when I have a really great skill set? I have a lot of talent I can offer. I know there's a lot of people that I could help. And so for me, it was just a little bit of confidence. And again, just that betting on myself. Like I just had to say to myself, like my job, my role was to provide for my family, but it's also to have servitude to the people that I work with. Right. And I could do that at a bigger scale. If I stepped away from focusing on one person's vision, my husband makes fun of me all the time. He's like, I don't understand how you can go into all these different companies. Like you'll be in one meeting and then you go to another one and they're all different. And I was like, but the thing is for me is all I'm going in doing is I'm helping coach somebody who wants to do more. And if I can help them figure out how to do more and have a tool that's available to allow them to do that, that's awesome. It does transcend across a bunch of different industries. And I love being able to get insight into all these different aspects of business and things like that. But it was, it definitely was a, a time, but I, it's one of those things you look back on and you're like, why didn't I do that? You know, 10 years ago, but everything for a time and a place in your life. Right. But yeah, absolutely. So what has been the most unexpected part of this journey? I know that you have started doing speaking gigs. You're going to be a published author. Like, was that a part of the original plan or is that one of the pleasant surprises? Both of them are pleasant surprises. I think for me, I have been shocked at the level of confidence that I have gotten just in who I am as a person and just finding like gratitude and gratefulness in the place that I am in my life. Right. Like I, I have three kids under the age of 11 at our house, and I love being a mom. I love being able to spend time with them, but I love working too. It's just, it's so fun. And I think for me, like as I've gone through this journey, it's amazing how when you just let yourself lean into this skill set, this calling that you have and actually go after it, 
how these doors just start to open that you never would have ever expected. I've done keynote speaking for organizations before. My one son was born premature. So I've been very involved with hospitals and March of Dimes and things like that. And an opportunity came up of like, hey, we'll pay you to come be a speaker. We'll fly you in. We're going to do all this fun stuff. And I'm like, I can't believe people are doing this for me. That's awesome. I'm thrilled. And then an opportunity came up for somebody and they're like, you should write a book. And I kid you not, literally that same day, my husband's like, have you ever thought about writing a book? You should really write a book. I'm like, this is really weird. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just, it's fun. I think, you know, it amazes me how when you really start to have fun doing what you want to do and enjoy what you're doing, it seems just to radiate out of you a little bit more too. Like you have more fun and you get these really cool opportunities just to network with people. And, you know, as you network and connect with other people, sometimes really fun doors just start to open up. I think you said something really important there when you said that you can't believe how much confidence you've gained from this experience. I've found that too in business ownership where you already have a high level of confidence if you're willing to go out on your own. But when you start having those experiences and you are the boss, the buck stops with you, there's no one above you that can come in and save you. It's a unique experience, but it definitely helps build your confidence to be able to do better and and to handle it. And I think too, it's just like, you gotta have fluidity. That's why I do what I do. Like I love organization. My husband's like, you're a type A person, right? Like I love organization and structure. And I think that was the hardest thing for me was to realize that like, I don't have to depend on a W-2 job to be successful, right? Like I always had kind of this feeling like there was a safety net that I had to have that security and that was so valuable. And when I stepped outside of that and I forced myself to do that, it was amazing at, to your point, that confidence. And I, I think back like my, so I have a daughter, she's four right now. And the other, it was probably about a month ago. She's like, I'm going to learn how to ride a two wheel bike today. My husband's like, I don't know about this. Right. And we get her on the bike and my husband's holding the back of the bike. And he's like, are you sure about this? I'm like, I don't know. She said she's ready. Like, just let her go and see what happens. I kid you not. That girl took off and has not stopped since. Like she hasn't even once crashed. She's just gone. She has such a confidence to her. Right. And I, I think so many times within womanhood and just in general, like we have these self-imposed limitations of like, well, if you go do this, you might fail. And if you fail, that becomes a big, scary thing for us to try to wrap our mind around because we never go and do it. Right. And I think that's the biggest thing that is the more that you can start to push yourself and just trust your instincts and go with your gut about when you're ready for something or when something feels fun. And look at the positive. I mean, even if you fail, like what's the worst that really, really, truly is going to come out of it, right? Like you can always go get another job or you could always go do something else with something, you know, whatever it is you're challenging yourself on. And so just having the the creativity and the fun to be a kid again and go out and just test what the world is and test what your skill sets are and have fun with it. Yeah, I think, and I think that's a great point too is, it's okay to fail. I actually listened to a podcast this morning where the host was talking about the biz. She's a very successful businesswoman, but she talked about the businesses that she tried starting and they failed and how those businesses were supposed to fail because they taught her something that helped her 
you know, become successful in, in other endeavors. And I think embracing the failures is something we don't talk about enough, but it's a big part of, I failed at a lot of other things before I found the thing that I was good at. Jeff Bezos has a very famous quote out there that says, fail fast. And that in the Amazon culture is really, really important. And coming from a culture that was not that, it was a, haha, I caught you type of mentality to a culture where it really was like, well, I don't know, go try it. If it doesn't work, what did you learn from it and figure out something new quick, right? Like it, it is amazing how within that world, you can see a culture explode. Cause that's like, think again about being a kid. You went and climbed a tree because you didn't know the danger, right? You only got scared of climbing trees when you realized that there was a danger. And that could have been you falling and finding out the danger for yourself. Or it could have been your mom or dad or somebody saying, hey, don't go climb that tree. You're going to fall and get hurt. And then that creates that insecurity, that nervousness about it. But the more that like we can tap into that part of our childhood again and go just try something and have fun with it. And when you learn whatever it is you learn, double down on it and learn more about it in things like that. So, yeah. And then I want to talk a little bit about uh, being a mom to young kids and also having this big, huge career and growing your business. What have been the best parts of that and what have been the toughest parts of that? So my son will probably tell you, <laughs> he's 11 and he, well, he was 10 this summer and he wanted to learn how to like start a business. He wanted to go learn how to lot, mow lot. And I was like, well, if we're going to do this, you got to put a business plan together. Let me put together the method here for you. You're like, do you so need I, a consultant? Yeah. I got a good one. We got a retainer. And so I literally took him to Chili's. I brought my laptop and we literally filled out the same form that I'm filling out with CEOs and executives. And like, it, again, it's so simplistic that it, but it was just for him too. Like it's teaching him how to think through things like that. You know, like it's, he wants a dirt bike. Like that's literally the top. Like I, his goal in his business plan is to achieve a dirt bike. Like that's what he wants. And so it was not as simple as like, I just got to ask mom and dad for money. or I got to ask grandpa and grandma for money. It's like, if you want this, what are the logical steps that you need to do? And so he's got an accounting plan. He's got a marketing plan. Like it's like, it's all simplistic, but it's really cute. And it, it's fun because he's 11 and he's thinking like that, right? My daughter's home and she's, she's having fun with it too. And, you know, she's, she'll come in my office and say, I'm going to go to work with you today. And I love that about her and them. And yeah, so that's been a lot of fun. I think the challenging part, I don't know. I, I think it's just like, I've been doing some more traveling because I do have clients across and, you know, that gets hard for the kids when I travel as much as I do. But on the flip side, like I can always pull it back if I want to as well. So this opportunity came for me to speak and I'm really excited for it. But I leave on my son's birthday. I'm going to miss my 15 year wedding anniversary. So I'll have to celebrate everything afterwards. So, but yeah, it's just, it's just little things. But again, I ultimately I could say no to it if I wanted to. But I also want my kids to see that like going out and being adventurous or taking risks on things that you haven't done before or done to the level that you're doing it at are a good thing. And you have a great family to support you around that process. So that's awesome. So when you're looking at your own planning for your business and what your goals are, what is your big ultimate goal that you're working towards with contour consulting? 
Yeah, no, that's a great question. So right now I'm a party of one from a consultant perspective. I have someone who's helping with some marketing stuff and whatnot, but my goal for myself is twofold. One, I want to start working to expand it into bringing on, because my time is finite. I can only help so many people. And so in order for me to scale and help more people, I need to train others with me. So that is a plan for me for 2024. It's time to look into how do I start to bring people onto my team. And then the second part is, is that it's always been my goal to try to help provide support to small business owners. And not all small business owners can afford a rate. And again, my rate's pretty small compared to a lot of the other ones out there. But again, like it's still more than what some people can do. And so I'm working on putting together online content that's going to allow me to be able to get that into hands of people quicker and faster, allow them to do some training. And then if they want, I can help do some coaching and stuff like that. But again, it's just trying to help get out this opportunity to help more people. Absolutely. I love that. So is it like a digital course you're putting together? Yep, digital course and then some supplemental material that they could just like get some of the downloads and things like that too. Oh, that's awesome. That's a great way to reach more people and, and to get the word out about how you can help. So tell me more about the book that you have coming out. Like when is when is it coming out? What's it about? And, and where can we find it? Yeah, so it will be available on Amazon on October. Oh, geez, I should know this off the top of my head. October 6th, it'll be available Friday, October 6th. So this is actually a unique group. I think, I believe there were 32 authors, if I remember correctly, that are in this book. And so each one is a woman who has written a chapter of the book and it's just about living your best life. So there was no parameters in it. I focus more specifically how within work, how can you apply a, a thought process and a strategy to the life to be able to, or your work life to enjoy your regular life, right? And then that's going to be coming out, like I said, coming out on Amazon. I also have a book coming out in January, and that one is unique because that's specific to coaches. So that one is definitely going to have much more of a business focus to it. And it's going to really help support from that perspective of, hey, like here's a method, here's different strategies you can use within your business to be more effective. So that one will be out in January 2024. And I will have information on my website for both of those so you can follow along there on my social media to, to get connected. So well, wonderful. And then a question I'd like to ask all of my guests is what is the best piece of career business advice that you've received? The best career advice. So being in leadership, I had a really great boss one time tell me you're somebody's dinner conversation. And I think like that was really young in my career that I got that advice. And it still like when I say that I have an emotional feel to that because as a leader, as a business owner, you are impacting somebody else's life besides just the wall of the office or the wall of the parameters in which you know them. You can choose to help be a positive influence or you could be a negative one. And when they go home at the dinner table and they're talking to their family, they had a great day or a bad day, you are going to be the one impacting that decision. And so as a leader, it's critical to remember that your job is of servitude. Like you are there to help support your team. You are there to help give guidance, direction, but ultimately ensure that they are successful. And to me, that's always been something that's been heavy on my heart as I always try to remember that even when I go have meetings with my clients, I am giving them advice I'm giving them suggestions. I'm giving them observations that I want them to be able to use to better themselves, to better their business. And that's just always been really important to me in my heart and my leadership style.
I absolutely love that, Kelsey. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share before we wrap up about, we'll put in the show notes, all of your social media links so people can find you, but please share if there's anything else you want to make sure everyone hears about. Please, if you even just want to connect to get coffee, I'm all about coffee. So even if it's just connecting just to learn more about you or what you're doing, um, and just get connected. I just, I love absorbing information. I love reading books. I love connecting on social media too. So please follow along, engage with me, send me messages, emails, whatever it is. I'd love to, to get connected and hear more about what everyone else is doing with their business. And when this woman says that she loves coffee, she loves coffee because I don't think I have shown up to any of the local coffee shops in town and not seen you already there talking to somebody else or everyone there. I know. I kind of hang around a little bit. I'm like the little like coffee fly that doesn't go away. <laughs> yeah, I think you're keeping them all in business. So I'm sure I they know. appreciate you. <laughs> I know. It's such a great meeting spot though for people and just to connect and network. So I love it. Thank you. Well, awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time today, Kelsey. I really appreciate it and can't wait to see where your business goes. Awesome. Thank you, Katie. Appreciate you. Off the Beaten Career Path podcast is a Lit Path Studios production and is produced by Jamie Gale and Katie Myers. Music is by Sasha Gray and Pond5. If you enjoyed today's show, please leave us a review and share it to your social media. Remember, your career path is up to you to create. Keep exploring, keep pushing boundaries, and keep blazing your own trail.